Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Radio Omniglot, a podcast about language. My name is Simon Eger, and in this episode I will be talking about Irish, or Gaelic, the Celtic language spoken mainly in Ireland. Would get further to episode 3 than Radio Omniglot, pod creel fui tanya. It's Mr. Simon Eger. I guess an episode show by my lord, Rian Gaelic, and Tanya Celtic, and Roger Caprivas Nierl. I'll be doing parts of this in English and Irish, as you just heard, but maybe not all of it. The tune you just heard is called Sacco's, or Sacco's Jig, or Took It Upstairs. I played it on the whistle just now, and it was playing the whistle that first got me interested in Irish. Fado, fado, we dear fadas, for me, Felix nine, my brontanus. Many years ago, in the land far away, I was given a tin whistle as a present. I guess hosty me geistach le, I guess a shainam kyol tradition than a heren, I guess auran as Gaelic. And I started to listen to and play traditional Irish music and to listen to songs in Irish. I guess hitch me in gra, I guess a shainamach vi me giri in changa olam. And I fell in love with the language, and from then on I wanted to learn it. Erdus vi me giri nan holan a hushkint, I guess. At first, I wanted to understand the songs and to be able to sing them. But after some years, I started to speak Irish as well. When I went to university in 1989 in Leeds, I got myself an English-Irish dictionary, and I thought with this I'd be able to decipher the songs. But it wasn't so easy, because words change in various ways in Irish. The endings can change, the initial sounds can change, and the middles can change as well. So actually trying to work out what the original word is, which you can find in the dictionary, is not so easy. So I didn't get very far with trying to translate the songs. In my first year at Leeds, I noticed that there was an Irish society and they were doing classes in Irish, and I thought, oh, I could try that. But I was rather busy studying Chinese and Japanese and doing other things, and I never actually got round to it. But I carried on listening to the music and songs, and eventually, in about 2003 or four, I found some lessons in Irish on Radio Ulster, Radio Ulo, called Gitterbeg, Gitterbeg Ella, a little bit and a little bit more. And I started to learn to speak Irish. It took me a while. I used those lessons first, then I got some books like Irish on Your Own or Now You're Talking, Tourist Changa, Teach Yourself Irish, and so on. And I did my best to learn as much Irish as I could. And then in 2005, I went to Ireland for the first time. I went to a place called Igisgale, which is an Irish language and cultural centre in Glen Columcillia, supposedly the birthplace of St. Columba. In, in the northwest of Ireland, in Donegal. It's a beautiful place, quite isolated, a long way from everywhere, but I really enjoyed it. I was there for two weeks the first year, and by the end of the second week, I was understanding a fair bit and able to have at least a basic conversation. I returned the following year for another, another couple of weeks. I spent a week exploring Dublin, Galway, and the Aran Islands, and then went to Donegal for a week of Irish language classes. By that time, I'd already been studying some more at home and listening to radio in Irish, Radina Gaeltachter, and Radio Alu, the Radio Ulster. And so I had a bit more knowledge of Irish, and I felt a bit more confident. I was able to have conversations and understand more. And I'd been back to the same place every year ever since. 
uh, usually in July. At the end of July, they do a, an Irish language and culture summer school. It's called Howdy Tanya Agus Kultura, where you study Irish in the mornings, and then you have a choice of activities in the afternoons. I normally do the uh, Shanlos singing class. Around the after Shanlos, with Gary Jean Bratnach, a wonderful Shanlos singer from Ranafastia in Donegal. So each time I go back to Regis Gale, I learn a bit more Irish, I meet people, I get to know people better. I've got to know quite a few local people there. I love the place. The weather isn't always great. It's on the Atlantic coast of Ireland, so it can be sunny one minute and blowing a gale and raining the next. You never know. I would recommend it to anybody. The only time I speak a lot of Irish is when I go to Ireland. I do know a few Irish speakers where I live and occasionally speak to them in Irish. And I listen to radio and songs in Irish sometimes and try and read books in Irish. I'm currently working my way through the Irish translation of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And it's taking a while, but I will eventually finish it. And now it's time for another tune, I think. This time it's the Dingle Regatta, a jig played on the mandolin. Ireland inspired me to get back into music and singing and to have a go at dancing. I did play various instruments when I was younger, when I was at school particularly. I played the piano for a while, then the clarinet, the saxophone, the tin whistle. After I finished school, I carried on playing for a few years and eventually gave up. I carried on listening to a lot of music, especially in Irish and other languages. I tried to sing songs, but I wasn't involved in any musical groups. After going to Ireland a few times, I decided to get back into music. So I was playing the whistle at first, and then the guitar. I started going to uh, music sessions and joined a couple of choirs and really enjoyed it. So that's enough about me for now. And now it's time for another tune, this time on the harp. This is John O'Connor, also known as the Belfast Almanac, a tune by Tullough O'Carolan, the famous 17th century Irish harpist. <laughs> Thank you. 
Irish has been spoken in Ireland for a long time. It's thought that people speaking Irish or something that developed into Irish arrived in Ireland in about the 5th or 4th centuries BC, but nothing was written down in Irish until about the 4th century AD, and people started using the Orm or Orm script to write short inscriptions on gravestones and boundary markers and such like. This script was also used later in, in manuscripts as well. In about 400 AD, Christianity arrived in Ireland, monasteries were set up, and the monks started producing manuscripts in Latin. And sometimes they wrote little comments in Irish in the margins, which give us glimpses into their lives. They wrote about things like their monastery, their food, the weather, their fellow monks, and so on. So the language used in the Ogham inscriptions is known as primitive or archaic Irish, and the language used by the monks which was later used for more extensive texts, is known as Old Irish. Old Irish was the main language used until about the 9th century, when it became Middle Irish, which was used until about the 12th century, and quite a bit of literature comes from that period. Some of the things written down during that period were probably composed earlier and then passed on orally. From about the 12th century, the language is known as Early Modern Irish, and there was a standard written form of Irish known as Classical Gaelic, or Gaelic Classicach, that was used in Ireland and Scotland until about the 18th century. And during that time, there was a long interaction between Irish and other languages, particularly English and to some extent Anglo-Norman. And before that, when the Vikings arrived in Ireland in the 9th century, they had some influence on the language as well. English became the language of government and administration in Ireland, and the Catholic Church preferred the use of English to Irish, although they, they used Latin in their services until the 20th century. So from about 1750, many people in Ireland were bilingual in Irish and English, and gradually more and more people started to use English only. Up to about 1800, Irish remained the majority language spoken in Ireland, even though many people also spoke English. But during the 19th century, the number of Irish speakers went down dramatically, due to a number of factors, including the famine, emigration, the introduction of compulsory education in English, hostility from officials and the Catholic Church, and so on. So by the beginning of the 20th century, Irish had become a minority language in Ireland. The current position is that Irish is the national and first official language of the Republic of Ireland. It has official status in Northern Ireland as well. It is compulsory in all Irish schools that receive public funding. However, the majority of people who get through the school system probably forget the Irish they learn in school after they leave. Some may go back to it later in life and relearn it, but many don't. Teachers who want to work in primary schools in Ireland have to pass an Irish language exam, as do the police, the Garda, and people who want to study in the colleges that are part of the National University of Ireland. There are growing numbers of Gaelskol, Irish medium schools, and the number of Irish speakers in urban areas are growing, especially in places like Belfast and Dublin. Since 2007, Irish has been an official language in the EU. According to the 2016 census, 1.76 million people in Ireland claim to be able to speak Irish. Of those, about 74,000 speak it daily, about 112,000 speak it weekly, about 586,000 speak it less frequently, and the rest rarely speak it at all. The main concentrations of Irish speakers are in the Gaeltachty, the areas where traditionally Irish is spoken as a native language. These are mainly scattered around the west coast of Ireland, 
and about 66% of the, the people who live there speak Irish as their everyday language. There are also quite a few Irish speakers in other places, in the UK, in the USA, in Canada, Australia, and elsewhere. According to a survey carried out in 2008, about 22,000 people in the USA claim to be able to speak Irish and do so regularly. There are also Irish learners all around the world. I've met them from many, many countries. There are also a million active users of the Duolingo Irish app, and there are a number of other apps and online resources that help you learn Irish, including dictionaries, spell checkers, grammar checkers, and such like, which makes learning the language somewhat easier. And now it's time for another tune, I think. This is a slow air called Aurana de Or, or the Song of the Books Played on the Low Whistle. You can read more about it on the accompanying blog post at omnigot.com slash radio. And now I will talk a little bit about the Irish language itself, its structure, its grammar, and its relationship to other languages. Now, as I mentioned before, Irish is a Celtic language. It belongs to the Goidelic or Gaelic branch of the Celtic language family. Its closest relatives are Scottish Gaelic or Gaelic, and Manx or Gilg, and they are to some extent mutually intelligible. Its more distant relatives are Welsh, Breton, and Cornish. The basic structure of Irish is verb-subject-object, like the other Celtic languages. It has noun cases. It has nominative, accusative, dative, and genitive, although the dative is not used much in modern Irish, except in Ulster dialect. It has two genders, masculine and feminine. It only has 11 irregular verbs. And it has conjugated prepositions. That is, when you use a preposition with a pronoun, they conjugate for person and number. So, for example, with is le, and me is me, but when you put them together, it becomes lum. With you is lat, and then with him is lesh, with her is they, and so on. It doesn't have a verb to have, so when you want to talk about having something, you say it is at you, or on you, or with you. I have a cat, for example, is ta cat agam, literally is cat at me. You have a cat would be ta cat agat. He has a cat, ta cat ege. The verb to be in this case, which comes first, does not change for personal number. However, it does change if you want to make it negative or into a question. So, for example, he doesn't have a cat would be nil cat ege. We don't have a cat. 
Neil Cat Agin. You can also use this structure to say you speak a language or you have musical abilities. For example, Tagdelikagam literally is Irish at me, is how you say I, I speak Irish. Or Takyolagam, I have the music, means I'm musical or I have musical abilities. And people use these structures when speaking English in Ireland. They might say, do you have the music or do you have the Irish? So when people speak Irish English, they're actually using many words and structures from Irish. Irish spelling is something that many learners find quite challenging. Some letters are not pronounced. Some will be pronounced differently depending on whatever letters are near them. For example, T becomes a T sound if there's an I or an E near it. If you stick an H after it, it, be- it disappears and becomes a H sound. And in some cases, you put a D before it and it disappears again and becomes a D. For example, house is tiach. This is spelled T-E-A-C-H. The E is not pronounced. It just makes the T into a T sound. And the C-H is a H sound. But my house is mochiach. You put an H after the T. This is a process known as mutation or lenition. Or in Irish, shevu, softening. And it happens for various grammatical reasons. And then if you want to say in the house of the priest, for example, Ijak and Taggart. So you put a D before the T. The T is not pronounced, but you do pronounce the D. And this is known as Uru, or Eclipsis. There are three main dialects in Irish, Ulster, Munster and Connacht. Connacht is the basis for the standard form of Irish, which is taught in schools and used in official documents. Kaijan Afigil, the official standard. The differences between the dialects are not huge. They're mainly in vocabulary and pronunciation. In Ulster Irish, for example, how are you is kajimaratatu or kajimasatatu in Donegal. In Connacht Irish, it's konasatatu. And in Kerry, in Munster Irish, it's kajimaratatu. But other greetings are often religious in nature. For example, a very common greeting is tiaditch or tiarit, meaning God to you. To which they reply, is Jesus Maradich or Jesus Maragut, God and Mary to you. And when you're saying goodbye, you can say Slan, Slang of Oil, Slan Anish, or similar things. So it's time for me to say Slan, Agasguramayagat, as Eishtak, Nishan Podkrail Show. Goodbye and thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and found it interesting, and maybe you will be inspired to learn Irish. If you do, I wish you luck. Emort. If you'd like to make any comments, you can go to omniglot.com slash radio. And finally, here's another little tune. This is one I wrote on a Saturday. It's a hornpipe, so I call it the Saturday Hornpipe. It's played on the melodica. <laughs>